I'm Luke. And I'm Ollie. And we're the hosts of One Hand, One Bounce. I'm a lover of most sports and have been lucky enough to work and be involved in a number of different sports. And I'm Ollie and I'm a total sports nut and love most sports. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Today's episode features Sam Rainbird, a professional cricket player with the Tasmanian State side and currently the Melbourne Stars in the BBL. Sam loves his sport and we really hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to One Hand One Bounce, I'm here with Sam, how are you going? Good thanks, how are you? Not too bad. So we're going to um, get some quick runs on the board. Yep. So to speak. Cricket pun. Yeah, nice very good. <laughs> so first off, who are you? Oh, gee, I think obviously a pretty broad question. Uh, someone that loves sport in general, like yourself. Um, lucky enough to be a professional athlete um, for the last 10 years um, at Tasman- Tasmanian Tigers and then a few different big bash clubs now. Um, but I think, man, in general, just someone that loves sport, like sports, pretty much is my life. Not my entire life, but like you, I follow multitude of sports, love AFL, NBA, um, English Premier League, and cricket. Those four sports kind of yep. yearly, usually one of them's just like going on, so I'm always following something or, or you know, playing PlayStation games with sport or looking at stats. Um, love, love stats. Um, those sort of things. So I think, you know, there's no day in my life where I go through where sport's not a part of it. There's always something happening. So Yep, I can resonate with that. Yeah. So the second question is, what do you do? You sort of part answered that. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, professional athlete, fast bowler for Clarence. My Clarence. Um, Very good. Melbourne Stars and Tassie Tigers. So lucky enough to have been doing it. Uh, this is my... 11th season now, um, which I feel pretty blessed, I guess, to be able to play for that long because I don't think I ever thought I'd have a career as long as I have, or you just hope that when you start that you just, you know, just play yep. a couple of games or one or two games and then, and then lucky enough to hang around um, for long enough and make a bit of a career out of it, which has been, been nice and um, obviously... Yeah, to play with a few mates in that as well, like a few of my mates like Bo Webster, um, Ben McDermott and Riley at Clarence as well that I've seen come through. Those boys been lucky enough to play with them for, you know, eight to ten years as well. So to play with some of your mates through that has, has been pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. And what are your favourite sports teams? Favourite sports teams? Uh, massive Colton fan. Oh, yeah. Die hard. Mum and Dad got me into that when I was... Really young, so my whole family goes for Carlton. Um, didn't get too much of a choice, but love it now. Um, yep. Yeah, like absolute diehard. Leeds United. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, so I went to England, played cricket four years ago, 2017. Yeah, and then uh, everyone in my club just went for Leeds United. Yeah. Um, so then kind of, I didn't manage to get to a game because I had to come back, but got a, got a, um, like watching them they all go for it and then just watch them all the time and stuff like that so I just got involved there and then thought English Premier League is pretty cool I'm only kind of new to it but um, 
yeah, something that my parents didn't really get around. Both my parents never really got involved in soccer. Yeah. Um, so now I'm starting to get into it. Dad's laughed at me for it, but I love it. So, <laughs> um, and then probably my third big team is Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Okay. As well, yeah. Um, gone for them for ages. So, kind of followed them since when I was young. I used to play like the old NBA game. Yeah. And then, uh, the, the for some reason the team I'd always pick would be like the Charlotte Bobcats, who obviously renamed the Hornets now. Um, and then since then it's stuck. So, pretty like pretty cool. Um, pretty cool. We've got some good young players now, which is actually nice to watch because we. NBA fan, you either go for one of like the big teams that win, same as Premier League, or you don't, and then yep. you're just used to like a bit of pain. So funny you mentioned Leeds. I've got a bit of a soft spot for them. My team's Chelsea, but um, yeah. from back in the day, Mark Faduka and Harry Kuehl used to play for them. Probably yeah, um, I think like like Faduka <laughs> still got their record for like the um, most goals in Premier League. I'm pretty sure. I think him and yeah, Kuehl like, right. in their top five. Yeah. He scored four goals in one game, so that probably helps. Yeah. You. I, th- I think a lot of um, a lot of Aussies actually go for Leeds United. Yeah. Have you seen the doco on Amazon Prime? No. Yeah, they've got a doco. I uh, can't remember what it's called, but it's about when they're in the championship and they have to get there. Yeah. Just as they sign, so just as Bielsa um, comes back to, like when he comes back and they try and getting out of the championship, and it's like two seasons on them getting back into the. Yeah. Premier. Okay. Yeah, I think it's take us. It's called Take Us Home, Legend. Yeah, okay. Like, really good. And they, it, there was there was a original one on one of the other clubs. I can't remember now, but there's been a few of those. Yeah, Sunderland was it? Sunderland. Yeah, that's right. Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sunderland's. I, I found the Sunderland one really sad because they just kept getting worse and worse <laughs> and worse. But then they've got like the um, oh, what are the the big ones that they do like um. Tottenham just did one and and Man City did one as well. Okay. Not, but they're... Yeah, the Amazon Prime doc as well. Yeah, but yeah. the Leeds one's really good because then obviously it talks about them getting back to the Prem. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, I'll have to have a look. Yeah, and they talk about when they go on a pre-season tour to Australia about how many people actually in Australia go for... Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go it, for Leeds. They've been out here a few times. Yeah. So recent years. Yeah, because it's... I think... They were saying how Leeds was they're such a big club, but they're in the championship. But they've got like a following, like a Premier League club, because yep. they're the only, t- they're the only team that's like Leeds is Leeds United is the only team in Leeds. Like there's no other city like that in all of England, really. Like yep. obviously there's teams in different divisions. Yeah. But usually there's like a championship team and a Premier League team in that's the same city. Yeah. But Leeds is the only one that is just a one club city. And it's quite a big city. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah, it's big. But lucky enough, that I went there on a night out and too big for me. I didn't, didn't enjoy it at all. I, I couldn't get in the club. I just stood in the line the whole time. So Too yeah. big for the Clarence boy. Yeah, way too big. A bit bigger than Bill Reed, I <laughs> And who are your favourite sports stars? You mentioned different, stars. some different sports and yeah. teams there. Who, who sort of springs oh, to guess. mind? Probably got, like, obviously the ones I go for at the moment. So I love, Pat, like, the teams that I go for, probably my favourite. Like, Carlton, you could pretty much name one of ten players. I love all of them. Um, yeah. Probably, like, Paddy Cripps and Sam Walsh, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'd probably say, like, I love them because they're the best players. I'd probably love Weedering and Jack Silvani are probably my two favourite players. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I don't know why. Like, just always... Love them like a lot, a lot. Like Paddy Cripps is 
Like, they're all the same. I couldn't really split them. But for some reason, I love those guys. Um, and then, I guess, Charlotte. Hornets, there's a couple of guys I love, like the Mellow Ball, you obviously heard of. Um, yeah. Yeah, so he's a young guy who's just, like, just came into the NBA and he's doing really well. Had a bit of pressure on him since he was young because his dad's a bit of a loony. But, um, <laughs> and he came through the NBL? Yeah, he came through the NBL, came through Illawarra Hawks, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, or Wollongong Hawks. Well, I used to remember them as Wollongong Hawks. Um, so he did the Next Stars program as well, which a few of the guys are doing again this year. Um, and have you heard of Ke- Calvin Phillips? Plays for Leeds United. Yeah, so he yeah. plays. Like he's probably one of my favourite athletes at the moment. But he play, He's like um, Leeds United only pl- only player in their first team at the moment, or one of their only players in the first team. And actually, like he was youth all through their youth okay. all the way yep. through. Homegrown. Yeah, yeah, and he played. Um, he plays like centre defensive mid for, but he's playing for England. He got England Player of the Year the last year for the calendar year. Yep. Um, and he played at the Euros as well. Yeah, okay. So they're probably like the favourite athletes of sports I go for. Yeah. I think probably cricket at the moment. Like, I, f- I find it hard to have like someone that's your favourite cricketer at the moment because you're playing against them. Yeah. I guess. How about from back in the day, who did you just sort of grow up uh, idolising? I, I love Ricky Ponting. Yeah. Obviously, Tassie Boy. And I loved Shane Watson. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I was Shane Watson moved to Tassie when I was probably like eight, I reckon when he first like when he first moved down from Queensland. Yeah. And I was probably not old enough, so I was I obviously a Tass- Tassie boy, so I just loved him. Yeah. And then followed him all the way through. Um, always wanted to be an all rounder like Watto. That's all I wanted to be. <laughs> Didn't quite get there with my batting. Oh, there's still time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm starting to run out now. To, uh, <laughs> I thought maybe when I was 21 or 22. I would, but um, yeah, and then I guess I was I was lucky enough to play a year with Shane Watson at Sydney Thunder when he was older, so that was pretty cool for me. Yeah, um, like sharing a change room with him after you know watching him and he used to sit there yeah. and like we used to go camping and then I'd I'd always set the TV up like hook it up to the back of Dad's car and then like put um, can't remember how he used to power it, like battery charger or whatever sit yep. there and watch Watto back and stuff <laughs> like camping was like eight or nine years old and then. Um, years later you're there yeah sitting alongside him yeah um yeah that was so cool and he's such a he's such a nice guy and such um really smart cricketer yep um I think he's probably like really underrated as how good he actually was because people yeah. used to kind of take the mickey out of him because he was always injured in that yeah he had his injury troubles and then uh, he used to cop a bit of heat for his reviews as well yeah <laughs> but yeah you, you're right that probably takes away from how good a player actually was. Yeah. I think if you look at his numbers, he's probably one of the best white ball... I reckon he'd be in the top three or four white ball cricketers Australia's ever produced, I reckon. Yep. Um, all round, you know, like a wicket a game and then he'd average 40 with a bat. Yeah. Open the batting and scored hundreds and stuff like that, which is just awesome. And what's your nickname? Nickname. Or nicknames that you might have had? I've got a few. I've got a few. You've got a few? Um, I get rainy a lot, pretty... Like stock standard, pretty boring. <laughs> um, I get Rick. Rick's probably my most now. So like Rick Rainbird. I don't know why I just get I just get Rick. Um, originated off. I love I love cricket stats. Um, I love stats in all sports really. Like it's been. I have seen you hanging around the scorers box. Yeah, Kangaroo Bay a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I love, I love that. So that, that came from like 
Rick Finlay, obviously massive um, uh, yes. cricket yep. database um, and analysis guy. So then I used to like they boys used to call me Rick from that Rick <laughs> Finlay, and then yes. it got and then it goes to like slick Rick because um, my hair always slicks back on a bowl. Um, yeah. Get a bit sweaty, so it's kind of, those are probably the three. Rick's probably the one I get the most. Very good. Um, I like that. Yeah, it's it's actually good. To have, I, I like it too. They actually have a proper nickname instead of just yeah. Like Rainy's just like it's just your last name with a Y on the end of it. It's yeah. Kind of. I get that a bit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> easy. <laughs> yeah, that's also actually have a nickname at me. I can sympathise. <laughs> yeah. And what's your number, or what sort of growing up? Did you have a number that you sort of go to? Or yeah. Uh, so I used to wear number fourteen. Yep. All the time. So my dad played football for Lauderdale Football Club. Uh, he coached coached Lauderdale to a premiership in the nineties, early nineties. Okay. Yeah, said that was a pretty good footballer. He never say it, but I think he he was pretty good. Uh, he wore number fourteen, and I always used to have his old Lauderdale Cats jersey because obviously they used to be Lauderdale Cats before they were Bombers. Yep. So I he used to run around. That. The, yeah, yeah, he used to run around the house in his old um, like woolen, and they used to have like the have like the collars as well. Yeah. Yeah, he used to run around in that. Um, so yeah, wore fourteen, and then I wore I wear fourteen at Clarence. But then when I got to Tassie, I didn't want to wear 14 because Punner wore 14. And he had it at the time, obviously. Yep. And I didn't. And I was like, so I chose 43 because Anthony Kudafidi's obviously wore 43. He's my favourite Colton player when I was young. So then I wore that. And then I was stuck at 43. So I think every... I've been 43 at Tassie and then I've been 43 at every Big Bash club that I've played at as well. So I've yep. just kind of stuck to that and then haven't changed. I think Silky took over. 14 from Pano when he retired I'm pretty sure so he's a braver man than me I was not, <laughs> there's no way that I'd yeah, he's probably a little bit older too yeah yeah. <laughs> I think yeah I think he took it when he was like 22 23 something yep. like that yeah we got there it was, uh, that was supposed to be quick quick runs we did uh, put on a bit of a <laughs> yeah sorry I can talk, nah, I talk for ages that's what this is all about right now <laughs> oh, yeah, edit, edit out the, the short bits later yeah I'm very happy with you so I'm really keen to understand how you were inspired to get involved in sport and you've mentioned you're sort of um, you're following a number of sports but also obviously playing cricket. So yeah. sort of what, yeah, what inspired you to get involved in sport in general? Um, I, think, I think it's a family thing. Like for me, I found it to be a family thing where it, like my mum played basketball like she represented Tassie at junior level. Um, she's quite a good basketballer. Dad played footy quite a high level. He moved to Queensland for football when he was young and work and stuff like that. And then came home um, and played footy at Lauderdale, played footy at university as well. Um, and my uncle was a real, like a pretty good footballer and a cricketer. So like it's kind of one of those families where like and all my cousins play sport. Yeah. Um, like everybody just plays. So when I was young, you know, I would always be watching footy or watching cricket or mum would be like, do you want to go shoot the basketball? So I was always doing something when I was young. Like, I'd be out shooting the basketball during basketball season, then I'd be kicking the footy by myself or, you know, playing cricket. Um, and I think, I think I felt like, when I was young, I loved footy and basketball heaps. Didn't really like cricket as much as, like, sounds weird. Um, and then my granddad played, my granddad played cricket. So I used to go, when I used to go stay at, 
none of your dads in the summer or like summer holidays like I'd always play cricket with them yeah. and then kind of just like, fe- like fell in love with it Grand- granddad probably it's probably one of my bigger influences on cricket when I was young which was awesome like great memories when you think about it now yeah. um, unfortunately he's not with us anymore but he would be about be like 95, 96 now obviously but um, yeah just remember him he used to bowl up against the garage at granddad's house which was pretty cool yeah, yeah. So I think those, like those things, kind of obviously, like it's just like it was kind of a way of life, I guess. Yeah. And then you just fall in once you like fall in love. I guess you know having two young boys yourself. Once you see that there's like that spark in their eye, and you can tell that they love it. Like they're just hooked from there on in. Yep. So yeah, it's pretty yeah, similar cool. for me. And it's probably a bit of a silly question, but how do you think sport has shaped? your life like you've touched on sort of um how you got involved and and you've touched on your career yeah yeah uh sounds like it's a big part of your life yeah it is i guess it's kind of hard because i guess like how like how would you describe your life without sport i find like i like having structure in my life and i feel like i know it sounds stupid like i didn't have sport or I didn't follow sport there wouldn't be as much structure because then obviously you just work and have free time and then I'm useless when I don't like if I don't have something structured or scheduled I just end up finding myself doing like nothing a lot if that makes sense I'm pretty good at yep. progress like but that's what I love about um sport like I've always got something on yep so you know like Saturdays like it's just Saturdays of cricket days and I love that and then like certain days you've got certain things on that involve around sport because um, I feel I feel like when I was when I was younger especially like it's the only thing I like not only thing I knew but it's what I knew but yeah I don't I don't know what I'd be doing without yeah sport because I don't really have a lot of I've never really been someone to have interests Bales is walking past who's who's walking past this side <laughs> um like I've never been really a big one like I enjoy like I don't like enjoy like fishing or riding and stuff like you know like the other things that hobbies a lot of people have yeah never really been big on stuff like that yeah so um, it sounds like sport's been your main interest and sort of giving you a bit of purpose by the sound of things yeah but I find myself now trying to get back into stuff like that like trying to go not go away from sport but you know try and like yeah like branch out a bit with it try and do a few different hobbies and Stuff like that, but I used to, yeah. I think that's how like that's how I explain it. Like it's almost like a way, of, a way of life, I guess. Yeah. So I think like my partner Belinda, she complains all the time. I'm sure. I'm not sure you might get it. You might get it or not. But like you know, oh, what's on tonight? You know, like okay. <laughs> or yeah, like Premier League on tonight. Or like I wake up in the middle of the night and watch T Twenty World Cup. Like I'm sure you, you did. Um, like stuff like that. So I don't really know because I think, yeah, a lot of my interests are, and friendships and connections, all my friends are people that I've met through sport at some stage or another who have become lifelong friends. And most of them I've met when I was, you know, like Harry Allenby or, or Alex Trainer, like we played cricket at primary school together from when we were six years old. And then we all go through and play first grade at Clarence, first grade premiership. Harry, like enough played for Tassie, um, which was awesome as well. Like, they're people that will be friends for life. Like, that's how, I guess, sport shapes your life. Yeah. Um, 
I would have never met those people if I didn't play cricket. So, yeah, that's pretty... A good way to look at it, I guess. And I think it's probably... Same for you with your son, your sons, I reckon. That they'll meet all their friends will probably be from sport eventually. Yeah. You know, so it's, but even the ones that they met at school, probably because they kick the footy with them or play cricket with them at lunch because they've got a common interest. Correct. So, yep. yeah. That's put on. That's a great answer. Trying my best. <laughs> um, we've already covered off um, some of these, but who were your sort of your biggest sporting idols growing up? You've mentioned a couple already. Yeah. Obviously, like I loved what I and stuff, and I wanted to be an all rounder. But I think watch like, like Australian summers was so cool when I was a kid, because Australia just beat everybody. And yeah. I'm not sure if it was just the way I felt when I because I was. You know, not, I was like nine or ten, like early two thousands, but it was just like Warney, Glenn McGrath, yeah, Brett Lee, like Bickle, Simons, Watson, like all the bad. You just think of every cricketer, and it just seemed like every player that Australia bought in at that stage when I was a kid would just dominate. And maybe it's just the way I perceived it because we won every game, but it was a golden period. Yeah, it was the Australian team. Oh, yeah, a little bit older than you, but I um. Yeah, probably started around the time I was sort of eight or nine, and then probably through, you know, through the years that you were sort of around that age as well. Yeah. World Cup wins and yeah, I guess I think I started watching. I didn't probably watching cricket a lot, like probably two thousand two thousand one. Yeah. So I don't really remember like the ninety nine watching the ninety nine World Cup, and when Gilly got and Langer put on the run. Like I don't remember that. Yeah. Because I don't really remember much about like Michael Slater and. Greg Blue at those topics. I think I just started remembering a bit after that. Yep. So you, we're talking sort of Matty Hayden, Justin. Yeah, Lager. like when they started to get back in the team. I think that's when I started. Yeah. Watching it a bit more. Um, yeah. I I just think like it was just such an awesome time, and to be inspired because you just everybody just wanted to play for Australia. It was like the like the absolute golden era. Yep. Um, you know, like they're bringing like like Kathrovich played Test cricket for couple of years who was such a good bowler so was Andy Bickle when they couldn't get in the team you had Brett Lee bowling rapid like every one day game was the coolest thing like Australia would score like you know 280 back then which was a pretty big score and then you'd be like right I get to sit in and watch Brett Lee bowl like five overs in the power play and you'd just bowl rapid and it'd be the coolest thing ever when you're a kid <laughs> think like that's where yeah yeah get inspired and then I think the older I got the more I watched like I love watching Nathan Bracken bowl. Um, Probably an underrated bowler for Australia. Very underrated. Very good one-day bowler for years. I think he was number one in the world for a bit. Key part of the 2007 World Cup. Yep, 2007 and maybe the... Did he play Champions Trophy in 2009? Might have done. Yeah, it's hard to <laughs> tell. Testing my memory. Yeah. Definitely I remember in 2007... World Cup in the West Indies, he was a key part of that. Yeah, I absolutely love Nathan Bracken, like left armour, because obviously I wanted to be in left arm as well. Um, and then I think the same, like the same, got a bit older, and then probably the guy that I look at the most that I want to bowl like is probably been like Trent Bolt, I think. Yeah, okay. So obviously not an Australian cricketer. Um, so Damien Wright, when I was, when he was coaching Tassie when I was younger, he was the bowler that he made me watch a lot of. Yep, footage of Trent Bolt um, yep. about how he changed his action, um, how he like how he worked everything and stuff like that. So he's probably the one in world cricket I watch the most. Like it'd be nice to bowl like Mitchell Stark, but it's 
think like blokes like Starkey, like you see him in real life, they're like six, six foot six, six foot seven, and such a big, powerful bowler that I can't bowl like that. So I need yeah. to be someone that I feel like, you know, that you feel like you can model your game on that's actually quite similar to you. Yeah. And I know Trent Bowles one of the world's best, but as far as action and the how tall he is and stuff like that, he's pretty similar to me. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're probably the guys that have and inspired yeah. me or I've modelled on over. And he's performing still pretty well. Like he, I remember back in the 2015, 50 over World Cup, he, he was sort of came on the scene just before then and performed really well. But yeah. then in the T20 World Cup, just gone, he, um, in the final, he was probably their best bowler. He was. I think he made, I think, I think he's made the ICC tournament tournament nearly every tournament he's played in. Yeah. So he's a gun. And he was initially a, more of a, just a test bowler and now he's like doing it in every format. I think he just made, I think he made the World Cup team to the tournament. He might have done. I think he did. I think he was yeah. the only, him, him definitely made it. Um, yeah, so he's just someone that I've always watched. And I guess inspired, that's different when you're older, but yeah, someone that you watch with interest all the time. Yeah. What is your sporting highlight, both as a, an athlete and a fan? What sort of springs to mind when we're talking about highlights across your, um, your career or... Um, there's, a, there's a few. Yeah. There's a lot of sport I've watched, I think. <laughs> uh, oh, as a fan. To be honest, I've been pretty cursed as a fan, so I think like... <laughs> Carlton haven't done anything. <laughs> probably getting the number one draft pick five times is probably the um, highlight. <laughs> Same as Charlotte haven't won much or Leeds have been in the championship. Um, I think probably like, like, yeah. Highlights, I think well, there's been some really good AFL grand finals that I can remember. Yeah. Like as a pure watching highlight, like as a fan. Um, have you been to any? No, never been. Have you been to any? I did get along to the 2009 Nine. grand final where my team, the Saints, Saints just got beaten. Yeah. It was still an amazing experience. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine it would be. That's the thing. I feel like I'd be too nervous to go watch Carlton if they ever made it to a grand final. Yeah. Because I always talk about grand final days like one of the best days with your mates. Yeah. For me, or it is now, it's probably getting to that stage where it's not for me anymore now. <laughs> but well, I was going to say, um, getting nervous, you know, talking about getting nervous... If the boys were there, but that doesn't look yeah. like it's imminent. Sorry. No, I'll give me three or four years. <laughs> but the Saints aren't much better. No, either, so correct. That's fair. I um, empathise. Yeah. But Grand Final has always been like a party. I guess you've got young kids, so it's good, great to watch with them. But I always said to Dad, if it was... If Colt never made it, I'd have to sit just me and Dad. Yep. And, and me, Dad and Mum, you know, like just in a room and just watch the three of us. Because I don't think... I couldn't, I couldn't be that person. Like we went to a grand final, uh, party. Um, one that was all the Clarence boys, and it was Western Bulldogs versus Swans. That grand final, which was awesome, one of the great grand finals yeah. to watch. And we had Mike Jones as a diehard Sydney supporter, Clarence captain Mike Jones, and he. Everybody just thought it'd be a great idea. It, you had 25 people going for the Western Bulldogs and just him going for the Swans. <laughs> and he just sat there quietly and obviously the doggies won. And I think that'd be like my worst nightmare on Grand Final day. Yeah. Um, 
yeah so like yeah i'd have to watch it at home with cup platter just sit in a room by myself i'd be too nervous and then i'd venture out maybe after yeah. um yeah but I, I guess cricket stuff i don't know it's pretty just a fan of the sport aren't you really i thought the world cup in australia was pretty cool yeah um what like watching australia win a world cup at the mcj i thought that was massive you, were you there no 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 they're all um watched on tv the only probably i've been to the boxing day test once that was awesome but australia got smacked so at nash's boxing day test sorry oh, yeah i remember that one i wasn't there but i remember watching on tv it was a bit yeah we were bowled out for 90 yep. so i rocked up was 18 and i was like oh this is awesome a few of my well a few of my mates mum and dad um my uncle who loves cricket and we we're just like australia we bowled out i think i think just before or just after lunch and then Jonathan tried out scored us by himself. <laughs> so again, going to watch something you think is going to be awesome. Um, yeah, but I guess, I guess playing, um, played in the Sheffield Shield final. We didn't. It was a, which I thought was was awesome. Something that um, didn't play very well at all, which is unfortunate. But something that I look back on and say like I was really happy to play and proud to play in a Shield final for Tassie. Um, we actually played, I thought as a team, we played pretty well. It was one of those games where the wicket was flat. We got, we batted first and got 500 and then Queensland got 500. Um, and then we were like one for 130 and it rained. Um, yeah. So we declared just to try and bowl them out, which was never going to happen. Um, but to try bails was like, we've got to try this anyway. So we lost the game, but in reality, we, you probably wouldn't have lost the game, you know? Yeah. It was... Um, Queensland obviously finished on top and yeah only had to draw so yeah and we had to win the game so it's yeah you, you know you can't play from behind there um, that was pretty cool I guess another highlight was winning first grade premiership with Clarence in 2012 2011-12 won first premiership and that was I think like awesome that was probably one of the, the best experiences um of my sporting career, especially at the time when I look back at it, like to win a premiership was pretty cool. That's obviously the only premiership I've won. Um, I've won a few like one day cups and stuff, but to win the big one at the end of the year was awesome. And to do it with guys that I'd played probably five years of cricket with in first grade. Um, and they hadn't won one in that time either. Like it'd been a while since Clarence had won a flag, probably nine years, which is a while for Clarence, but obviously being a pretty good cricket club. Um, like with Shannon Tubb and, and Wellesley, Ben Harris. It was Ben Harris's last game. He was a life member at, at Cricket Taz. He played to a, a Cricket Taz at Clarence. Um, like that was awesome. And then I think, like I mentioned before, we had, so Alex Trainer and um, there was a, like a group of older guys in that team and then a group of younger guys. Um, so there was Harry Allenby, who I went to... Um, went to Howard Primary School with, so he was a year below me, and Alex Trainer, who was a year below me in Howard Primary, we used to play cricket together when we were, you know, like six or seven at lunch and recess and stuff like that, or a bit older, grade five, grade six. Um, Daniel Meredith, who I played, older brother of Riley Meredith, um, I played like under 15s with him, under 13s with him at Clarence, he, he went to a different school, but we always played together. Um, and then Mike Jones, who's my cousin, luckily, yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so... Um, like those four guys I've all, I all knew since I was like probably I'd known all of them since we were 10 and all, all of us had played cricket together at different levels 
and against each other, um, or against Mike, because he's from Launceston, obviously. But all of us, and then to play first grade premiership with Anne was like so special. When I look back at it now, I think it's pretty cool to say that I've done that with guys that I've known since I was six and played cricket with, you know, that we all managed to get through and play first grade together. And we're all really young then, so I don't think we really, like Alex Trainer was only 18 then, Harry was 18, I was 19, Mike was 19, and Daniel Harris was 20, I reckon. And I just, like, I just don't think, like, that, I think that's a pretty special achievement to have a team with five or six guys that young. Yeah. Right. Apprenticeship. Um, so that was, like, that was so special to me. Now looking back at it, I think how special it was. Yeah. And you mentioned so some of those guys sort of went on. Harry um, played a little bit for Tassie um, not long after then. And yeah. He, I think he was 12th man in one of the Shield yeah. Yeah. victories. Yeah. I remember I was actually uh, holding the... Uh, Holding the banner up. Holding uh, the banner behind him <laughs> when I was working at Cricket Taz and Harry was there, so um do remember that. And then Mike Jones has played a bit of second eleven yeah. cricket for Tazzy as a wicket keeper batter. Yeah. I actually um passed him on the running track yesterday too. Did you? You're really going quicker than him. Oh, he's not, he doesn't get out of first gear oh, much, he's just a cruiser. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's a better runner than me. <laughs> yeah. Um a few of the listeners will laugh at what we just talked about that he's your cousin and I passed yeah. him on the running track yesterday Tazzy being such a small place <laughs> shockingly small I think everybody knows <laughs> everybody really so you mentioned someone and then it's a slide that's it yeah and then um, Dan Meredith you, you mentioned brother of Riley he um, has played a fair bit of second grade cricket while I've been scoring at Clarence the last few years so yeah and Mez played a lot of first grade and then he's kind of gone back into twos the last yeah, a couple of years now, and kind of been that older guy helping the, the yeah. younger guys in the, into our hopefully come through into our first grade program at Clarence. So playing a really good role there, is it? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, probably um, one of the the better players in second grade going around. Certainly one of the better bowlers going around. I'd yeah, suggest. and Alex has just retired. He's just had a, a young girl, so um, he's obviously spending a little bit of time away from cricket at the moment. So, but I mean, it's pretty cool. Like I said, those guys. Played group for so long, and still most of us obviously are still playing. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Mike and Harry have obviously played both played two hundred first grade games, um, which is a massive achievement for those guys. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, and like you said earlier, like you've uh, sort of made lifelong friends by the sound of things. You know, no, that's what sport sport does, I guess. And that's like like the club thing we're talking about. I think like it's where to be with that sport, but then you get to that stage where sport gets you into a community like Clarence Cricket Club or Clarence Footy Club um, and then you're just part of it if you buy into it and you love it I think that's the cool bit like now like the, the people that come to the club that don't play anymore but people still come back and have a beer or come say hello on a Saturday or bring their kids down you know do a lap and stuff like like I watch the cricket for an hour you just see people all the time like there's people that will come and watch it haven't played for five or six years and you just see them every week and they'll pop in for an hour on Saturday morning or come have a beer they'll still come to the dinner and stuff like that so um, yeah I think that's a thing I feel like it's a place where even if I've walked away from cricket now I could just go back in ten years and go say hello to everyone and there still be some people there that I knew still that sense of community yeah that you need I think that's spot on great answer because that's really what this podcast is about yeah you know, it's talking about yeah what 
what sport provides you in your life and, and the sort of yeah, connection that people get through being involved in sport. Yeah, I think that's the big thing that I look at now. Like that stuff, what it's actually done for me for my life. Like just, yeah, like the connections and stuff. I don't know, like it's, it's kind of hard to explain, I guess, when I mean, think yeah. about it. Because like you said, you just make friends through through sport and then it becomes a part of everything, I think. And that's whether that's social or serious or not. Like even like social sport, like you talk about like basketball, like Mike was a keen basketball, Mike Jones growing up and then he he still plays like social, set up like, you know, Clarence social team and stuff like that. Like just stuff like that, which I love. Like people, sport at any level just brings people together. And even when, when I've always found like probably being the way that I am, like the big, the big pressure situations in sport, but then afterwards everybody comes together. Like I feel like that gets people together, but other people it's just for fun. Like, you know, yep. it's just for fun and that sense of community of, yeah. Which is different because it's so, there's some people that are so driven by performance and being like a high achiever and stuff like that. And that's what sport is to them. But then for 90% of people, yeah, sport is a getaway from an escape from what their life is or, or you know, to try and do something. So it means a lot of different things. Spot on. Yeah. Um, we could leave it there, but I do have one final question. Keep going. I can talk. I can talk all day. I do have to get back to work shortly. <laughs> um, we can always get you on again. No, I'll definitely come yeah. on again. Um, <laughs> yeah. One final question I've I've got for you is um, you played a bit of Big Bash and, and you're playing again. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, Melbourne Stars leave in a couple of weeks. Oh, a week. A week, I think. A week and a half. I've actually, I've probably got two questions now that you yeah. say that, but um, so first question is, um, how, how was it playing against the Hurricanes at your home venue here at Blunston Arena, which is where we're currently sitting? Yeah. Um, how did you find that whole experience playing against the Hurricanes? I'm sure you've got friends and family that yeah sort of generally support the, the home team, but um, were obviously would have been supporting you personally. How yeah. was that sort of experience? Um, I don't know. It felt really weird. So I've done it twice now. So I did it with Sydney Thunder first, 2018. Um, I don't know. It felt weird, but then it didn't, it didn't feel as weird because like I got delisted from the Hurricanes. Yeah. So I didn't really have... It wasn't like I had a choice to, to leave them. Um, like, I was told that I wasn't required at the Hurricanes anymore, which is fine. Um, and then I went to the Sydney Thunder. So, I guess... It felt weird because my whole... Since I'd started my whole journey at Cricket Taz, though, like, it had been, like, you know, Tassie and then Hurricanes. And I'd been at the Hurricanes for five or six years. And it was my hometown club. And it was a, a pretty... Like, it was a pretty proud moment to say, like, that you're a Hobart boy that plays for the Hurricanes. Or, like, you're a Tassie boy that plays for Tassie. Same thing. Yeah. So then to come back and then play against them, yeah, it was just like it was just a weird feeling, and it's a weird feeling being at Bell Reeve and then being in the away change rooms. That's what I found the weirdest. Yeah. <laughs> being in the away change rooms, um, and then people here booing you when you come because I'm used to them. <laughs> so you just feel like it's your home stadium. Yeah. Because obviously, being at Clarence, Tassie, and the Hurricanes, everything was here. Yeah. Because obviously Clarence used to play cricket at Bell Reeve as well. 
Um, yeah, that, I think that was the weirdest thing. I didn't really cop much abuse from the... I probably cop more abuse when I played for the Hurricanes if I was playing for <laughs> to be honest. Fickle crowd. Yeah. Um, didn't cop much abuse, but then, like, I turn, when I used to... I feel it on... Both times I feel I feel it on the hip, in front of the hill. And I always turn around and I'd just see, like, people I knew. Like, last year, which is, <laughs> like, pretty interesting, like... I got a call to, like because I got like, as a replacement player at the Stars I got like a call day after Boxing Day saying like we want you to come into the bubble so I was like okay and I've got um, over my back fence is a mad um, like sporting family um, and they've got three three young kids um, who love basketball and like they love cricket and footy and stuff and I always like lean out of the back fence talk to them they're lovely um and I like obviously just got left. So me and Belinda just left because Belinda came into the into the like the bio hub with me. Yep. And obviously I didn't tell them that I was going or anything like that. And, and then like the bot the first game I played was here. I was on the, standing on the hill like that. And I turned around and like the whole family was like two rows behind me and they were like had no idea what I was doing. And then like, I was <laughs> playing for the stars and then they were like yeah, they're like, oh, hey, Sam, what's going on? Like, you know, just like, kind of... <laughs> like you're leaning over the back fence. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, <laughs> stuff like that was, that, that was weird. And then, yeah, that's what I find the hardest. And I think living in Tassie now is like, like everybody goes for the Hurricanes, but you play for someone else. That's what I find, I find yeah. different. Because when you go and do the school clinics with, um, like everything's about the Hurricanes but you you, you play for Cricket Taz but you play against the Hurricanes as well yeah. so so you go out to those clinics with your Tassie yeah on. so that's but when like you say the kids resonate more with the Hurricanes yeah than probably Tasmania as a team yeah which I think which is, to be fair is awesome because that's what the Big Bash is designed for yeah it's designed to grab kids attention when they're five to eight yep and then hopefully the kids that love cricket that much end up playing wanting to play for Tassie by the time they're a certain age because they understand that you have to do you can't yeah. play Big Bash or you can but you're a lot big, of blokes play state cricket as well you're right Big Bash is the big hook in for yeah kids and families and which I think big like and that's what Big Bash has been so like influential I reckon like it feels like it's a staple now like oh, it is a staple obviously but it's hard to remember what domestic cricket was like before Big Bash and it's changed the lives of a lot of domestic cricketers yeah, because now they've got more of a profile. You look at someone like Sean Marsh, which is interesting. I mentioned that name. Yeah, to that in a moment. <laughs> uh, someone like him still going. What is close to forty now? Yeah, I think he's thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah. I think he played. Did you say he played? So he played with Jaden Goodwin. Oh yeah, Shield game the other day. Son of Murray. son of Murray Goodwin. Yeah. So Sean Marsh has batted with. Murray Goodwin in Shield Cricket for WA and his son. So that's how long he played. I think he's played for 20 years now as well. Yeah, wow. He's unbelievable, yeah. But something like that, that um, well, still playing state cricket, but he's, yeah, he's probably his main focus, I would say. It's now Big Bash. Yeah. Know, that's, you know, and Shane Watson, we mentioned earlier, yeah. the last few years he played Big Bash cricket only and um, IPL yeah. after he retired from state yeah. cricket. Yeah, so it's it's created another sort of pathway and yeah and career and so. keeping people playing longer, I reckon. Yeah, because like you said, the 
it's not as taxing on your body. Like it is taxing still, but it's not as taxing on your body because you can play, it goes for two or three hours. Um, so a lot of guys, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe someone like Wadey does it. I thought George Bailey was going to do it, but obviously he got, he wanted to go into administration and doing the select, the selector's role, which is just sitting back there somewhere. Um, <laughs> like those type of people would keep doing it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Matthew Wade's just won the T20 World Cup. Like someone like him, he's 34, 35 now. Yeah. Like someone like him could play for the Hurricanes till he's, you know, early, mm. early, like early 40s potentially. Well, you think about, yeah, the, the senior players in the, the T20 World Cup side, and, and funny you sort of mentioned when we get onto this because before the tournament, they were, the Australian team were being talked about as being too old. Yeah. And not performing well. But then you think about some of their key performers, Matty Wade, you mentioned, mm. Aaron Finch, um, whilst he didn't have a great tournament captain and, and yeah. led the side well. He's sort of at, in that age bracket as well. And Dave Warner, yeah. similar age. Um, you could see those sort of guys, like you're saying, going yeah. around in the yeah. Big Bash for another five years if they wanted to. Yeah, and I think that's what... Big Bash seems like, like experience. So like Danny Christian as well, who's like 30... He's a great example. Yeah, he's 38, 39. He hasn't played state, he hasn't played state cricket for four years, but he just plays T20 tournaments around the world. And he's played for... And he's, and he's playing... Five big Bash clubs, I think. Yeah, and, and about, he's playing for Australia out of just playing for yeah. Big Bash. Um, T20 specialist now. Yeah, so that's why I think... Whereas, like, yeah, it's got that avenue now, doesn't it? So cricket's got that avenue, and that's the choice for kids, I think, in the future. Yes. And it depends. It, it'd be interesting to see where the sport goes because I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. But in 20 years' time, when all the kids have known is that they've come through on the Big Bash, will state cricket die off and it just be about Big Bash? Or will... I don't think it will because I think that the kids will get to a certain age and then be like, okay, I can't be a T20 specialist, especially when you're 18. Yeah. Because I think T20 is the hardest game to crack when you're that age because you just don't understand. Or like you said, it's an older person's game. Whereas first class cricket's probably a bit younger now. Yeah. Most, like a lot of blokes get in early um, <coughs> and play. But like you said, the, T20, the T20 players just keep playing. Like Wade will keep playing for the Hurricanes. Um, Payne might keep playing. Like those type of guys, Finch, Warner. Yeah. Um, like Chris Lynn. Tristan's only 31 or 32, I think, but... Yeah, he's had his injury woes and... Yeah. And sort of focused on the T20 game. Yeah. Same with, like, Glenn Maxwell. Glenn Maxwell's 33. Like, people forget that. Like, he can keep... And he's obviously a great athlete as well, so he can keep... They'll, but those blokes will keep playing T20 cricket until they're 37, 38, 39. Yeah. So, yeah. And the other thing I did want to ask you before we finish up was... Um, so looking ahead to the Big Bash and yeah. also you've, you've just come from playing some Shield games over the last month or so yeah how's the whole experience with that sort of bubble or um, you know the, having some restrictions around your movements and, and that whole experience and you, you mentioned before about um, you know, going to the bubble yeah the Big Bash side over the last couple of years how's that sort of um, impacted you or what's the experience been like um, I think it's been, oh, it's it's really been quite hard. Like I, f- I found, since COVID started, there's been a lot like, 
like the big the like a lot of the hobs and stuff like last year felt like a pretty long season and not because like this year's felt pretty quick actually but last year specifically felt long because you had like a shield bubble and then the big bash bubble yeah but I, th- I think the taxing bit about bubbles is it's not it's not like the lack of movement or anything like that like it's just like you seem to find yourself like training days and stuff like you get back if you train in the morning and you train for three or four hours in the morning but you get back to your room at 12 o'clock like that's it for the rest of the day like you feel yeah. like you're like filling in a bit of time so it can feel like it goes for a while but I think like as far as like be pretty realistic about it like it's still pretty cool you're getting paid to play a sport and you're not really they're not asking you to do anything too significant I think I think it's just it can be a bit hard like when you get to you know like you're just eating takeaway all the time and stuff because you can't go out or the hotels we're staying in might not have um, like cooking facilities and stuff like that like I found that a little bit challenging yeah um, but I think as well it's the same thing it's like you get to hang out with your teammates all the time so you weren't restricted to just sitting in your room you're allowed to once you're in the hotel with your teammates you just hang out with them yep. so you get really close with your teammates um, that, yeah that, that's probably the thing I, I loved it like love the experience of it because you're so close to your teammates but there are moments like anything where you're like oh I just wish I could do this or yeah yeah. I think the hardest bit was when when I got called in for the Stars last year so they were playing in Hobart at the time so I had to like had, me and Belinda had to do three days pre-quarantine to go into the bubble in our own home so we had to, well, we went shopping and then sat at home for three days and then the team manager drove from the city to our house to pick us up and then we went and stayed in a hotel <laughs> Um, in the middle of Hobart to be in the bubble yep. and then we weren't allowed to like leave so then we are just like in a hotel and we are like we only live like 8 minutes away from 10 <laughs> minutes away from where we're staying in a bubble so that was quite a weird experience yeah um, but I think now I don't really know what's happening with like because all the restrictions are opening and stuff so yeah things might change so, a little bit I think for this coming season yeah but the rules are a lot of the rules are around like Cricket Australia have certain rules so that they can when they apply to go different to different states it's all about the governments and stuff the different state governments and stuff like that to prove that you've that you've been in like a yeah. COVID free zone or bubble or that makes know. sense yeah so that you can get exemptions and things for travel. yeah pretty yeah. much I think that's why most of the restrictions are like but the restrictions are still pretty good like you can go out you can go out for dinner but you have to be like outside in a restaurant yeah um, you can't be inside at a restaurant okay um, and like you still go for walks and stuff like that so it's not like you're restricted and you know go for a run and stuff blokes go for rides um, you can play golf but like you're not allowed in the clubhouse and stuff like that yeah like so stuff like that you just gotta adapt yeah some of your normal behaviours yeah yeah so stuff like that um, but yeah okay lots of team bonding lots of mucking around with the guys because there's not much else to do when you spend some training days. I know I said that was the last question, but I have one final. Yeah, I'll keep going. Um, so, big bash season coming up. Yeah. Um, you're playing with the stars. Yeah. Can you give us in, in one minute or less a sort of quick preview of how you think the stars will go and, and sort of any big player movements or? Um, no, I think like we'll be pretty strong. Felt like last year we 
uh, we missed out on finals by one game. Probably had a couple of things. We had a couple of rain delay games. Didn't really go away. I think um, obviously big Bobby Webbs are coming across this year. It's going to be pretty good. I did, um, I did hear that, Oliver. My son told me that this morning. That was yeah. news to me. But. Yeah, yeah. So he's come across, uh, and Joe Burns has come down from Brisbane Heat as well. So I think our batting lineup's going to look really good. Signed Joe Clark uh, from Nottingham. So I think I think he's a part-time wicketkeeper as well. So I think a batting lineup will look really strong. Um, signed Case Ahmed, who obviously played for the Hurricanes. Ah, uh-huh, yes, yeah. Um, I think we've got a really strong next. Obviously, got three of three blokes that played in the World Cup team as well. So Stoin, um, Maxi, and Samps. So obviously the team's based around those three. But I think we batted really well, and I think that's a minute. I well think done. I think we'll have a really good year. Well done. Uh, you're hoping to play a few games, obviously, as well. Yeah, I think so. I think there's been a few injuries. I won't go into say who's been injured because <laughs> it's not been released yet. But, um, yeah. Looking, obviously, I, play, I played a few games last year. So, um, obviously, I know what my role is if I need someone to bowl in that power play. Um, and then maybe through the middle, maybe one over at the death. So, if they need that, obviously, they go with a lot of spin sometimes at the MCG. So, But I know where I sit, and that's fine with me. So... Hopefully, hopefully get a few games play. Yeah. yeah, play well. That's it. Oh, we might wrap up there. Thank yeah. you very much for your time. No, no worries. Thank you for thanks for having me. I hope we didn't rattle on too much about nothing. You edit all the <laughs> all the rattling on about, but um, we'll fix no, it up. No, no worries. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Happy to if you have me come back on anytime soon. Yeah, glad you enjoyed it. And um, yeah, we might have to um, do a little Clarence episode or something. Oh, some of the other be great. boys you mentioned. Get them involved and yeah, uh, maybe reminisce on the, uh, yeah. the premiership that you talked about. It'll be coming up for a 10-year reunion. Yes, we do. We've got our 10-year reunion at the end of this season. Well, so there you go. It should be a good, well, good couple of days. Like a good opportunity to maybe uh, yeah. record maybe a little episode to lead up to that or something. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to do that. Get the boys in and you talk about it. Sounds good. All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of One Hand One Bounce. We hope you enjoyed it. A reminder to please follow us on Facebook or Instagram and please share with your friends and family who might be interested in the podcast. Thank you.